Why did you choose to believe in the gospel when so many others who have heard it did not? Is it because you are smarter or wiser or better trained? Do you think that you earned this salvation? My name's Hayden Clark, and this has helped me believe. Now, beginning with uh, our episode last week, we've been doing a review of John Piper's book, Five Points, in which he um, gives a biblical defense of the tulip, the five points of Calvinism. Now, last week we looked at total depravity and what John Piper uh, viewed as the biblical uh, perspective on total depravity, and more or less we pretty much agreed with everything he said. Now, there were some things that he did not say that the typical Calvinist view of total depravity um, would entail, and I discussed a few of those things because I know that he'll get to them later in the book, uh, but really, as, f- as far as what he actually says in that chapter, I, the non-Calvinist, the traditionalist, uh, the provisionist, uh, provisionalist uh, would actually agree with what he said. Now, this week we'll be looking at his view on irresistible grace, and if you'll notice, that takes the tulip out of order, at least the acronym there, and uh, he says so in the chapter that he does he does so on purpose uh, for the um, expressed reason that this, the order in which he's taking them, he sees as the order in which a person experiences them. Now, this will actually be a two-part uh, podcast, and the reason is because Piper will get to his biblical defense, so he'll provide some proof text, uh, some places that he thinks his view of irresistible grace is taught in the scriptures. But before he does that, he actually begins the chapter with a hypothetical scenario in which he creates a dichotomy, he creates a dilemma in which the uh, reader must choose between either his view of irresistible grace or a conclusion uh, which they probably do not want to reach. Now the scenario is uh, this. On the judgment day before Jesus, and Jesus asks you, Why did you believe on me when you heard the gospel, but your friends did not when they heard it? And then Piper states that no one would dare say, because I was wiser or smarter or more spiritual or better trained or more humble. His conclusion is that, quote, God's grace was decisive in our conversion. Therefore, irresistible grace. Now, it's a false dichotomy, it's a false dilemma, but I did want to stop and look at it because this is the sort of thing that you get from the Calvinists uh, quite a bit. Now, I want to be fair in my representation. I don't want to mischaracterize the position, and I certainly don't want to attribute any motive or mock the position. But this is kind of the standard I often get, uh, some hypothetical scenario uh, it, which is an attempt to try to show that uh, my view leads to uh, some self-glorifying position. Now, if you'll remember from last week, what the non-Calvinist or the traditionalist like myself, who doesn't really identify with Calvinism or Arminianism, as it is uh, often uh, put, what I actually believe is that God's grace is both log- logically and chronologically prior to what I view as man's free will decision to have faith. Uh, what I mean mean by that, what I explained last week, is that God's grace is both given to a, is 
given to us in creation. Um, it's given to us um, in the atonement in that we believe um, in, in an unlimited extent of the atonement, meaning God has made an atonement for the sins of all people uh, without a, a distinction or uh, without exception. He's made atonement for all people. And so that's another work of God's grace. And another work of God's grace is the giving of the gospel. God's The gospel of Jesus is a work of God. It's a work of grace from God, and it is a special revelation itself, a work of the Holy Spirit of God. And so, at least, there's at least three reasons to believe that God's grace is both logically and chronologically prior to man's free will decision to believe. And that is enough to keep me from uh, thinking that I earned this or that I merited salvation because I made a free will decision. Um, and it's certainly enough to know that this was not of my own, that I could not have done it on my own. I needed God's grace all the way through and through. And lo and behold, I do not agree uh, with the Calvinist perspective on irresistible grace. Now, back to Piper's scenario. Uh, First of all, you don't actually have to answer this because there's no reason to believe that Jesus is going to ask you this. I don't know why he would, and the Calvinists would have to answer it as well, um, to which the answer, I suppose, would be, uh, because you caused me to believe. That's why. D didn't you know that? Um, but again, I'm not going to go down that trail and end up you know, mocking the position or whatever, just pointing out that it still applies to the Calvinists. And if you think my answer to the question would be absurd, I don't know how you caused me to believe would be any less absurd. But secondly, it's driven by a false dichotomy. Uh, Piper is is trying to put you into a corner here to either say, um, because you caused me to, i.e. irresistible grace, or because I'm so wise. Uh, but the dichotomy itself assumes that there's no middle ground or a third perspective, which would be the traditionalist perspective. And so it kind of assumes that Calvinism is true. If Calvinism is not true, um, there's, there's no dilemma here whatsoever. There's no dichotomy at all. Now, I want to start by reiterating what I already said, which is to be absolutely certain, making a libertarian free will to believe the gospel, to believe in Jesus, is not at all... Uh, leaning on your own wisdom or your own power or your own intelligence whatsoever. Be for the sheer fact that the gospel did not come from you. You had to be given the gospel in the first place. So this is not my own wisdom. My choice, my libertarian free will choice to believe in the gospel, it, 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 that's not my own intelligence. That's not my own wisdom. That's God's wisdom. The gospel is God's power for salvation. It is a gift from God. Now, I can choose to believe or not to believe, but it comes from God. God is, again, both logically and chronologically um, prior to my decision. I, without the gospel, to what would I believe in? So this isn't of myself. It's not my own wisdom, my own intelligence, or my own power. This is from God, and I choose to either believe or not believe. Again, that's my position. Now, what Piper and other Calvinists seem to be insinuating by scenarios or questions, gotcha questions like this, is that faith is somehow uh, meritorious or that faith uh, somehow merits salvation on the non-Calvinist non soteriology. But this is not the case at all. Faith is not a work. 
it is not uh, meritorious, and I've only ever read that word, by the way, so I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, it doesn't merit salvation. You're not earning salvation by making a free will decision. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. But salvation does come through faith, by grace, that's God's grace, through faith, and that's the choice, uh, that was God's choice in making it or setting it up this way. Of course, it always begins with God's grace and His own libertarian free will decision to make it come about this way, but it does include you making a free will choice. To assert that faith itself is meritorious, again, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, or that faith itself is a work would be to make absurd so much of Paul's writing, James's writing, and much of the writing of the New Testaments, which contrast faith with works. It, faith without works is dead. If faith itself is a work, then that statement means absolutely nothing. It would mean work without work is dead. I mean, the Calvinist seems to think, and again, I don't want to uh, falsely represent the position, but the question seems to be assuming that faith is itself a work that is trying to earn salvation. But the New Testament repeatedly, including Paul, uh, contrasts works with faith. If, if there's no actual distinction or no actual difference, then this distinction would be utterly useless. It would be a distinction without a difference. And the New Testament doesn't assert this whatsoever. Again, right, uh, chapters like uh, James chapter 2 would just be an, an absurd and useless chapter if faith itself is a work. It's not a work. The New Testament contrasts works with faith. Faith itself is not a work and it does not merit or earn salvation. You, you could put, I mean, it's entirely possible to think that if it were this way, it's not because God has freely chosen for it not to be this way, but just because you have faith doesn't mean that God must save you. In, in the sense that faith itself does not warrant salvation unless God, in His grace, has chosen to grant grace to those who have faith. And so, if it necessitates salvation, or if faith, um, or if salvation is granted or merited um, by those who have faith because they have faith, it's only insofar as that's the way God, in His free choice, and His grace has chosen to do things. That's what we're saying. We're not saying there's nothing inherent about faith or about your faith that necessitates that God saves you. We're saying if you have faith, you will be saved because that is the way God has chosen to do it of His own free will and, quite frankly, thankfully, by His grace. So the question, first of all, it rests on a question that Jesus isn't going to ask us. Or we have no reason to believe he does, or he's going to. Secondly, it assumes determinism. It assumes Calvinism is true. And thirdly, it assumes that faith is meritorious or that it merits salvation or there's something inherent in faith or your faith that would necessitate God save you. You're not earning your salvation by having faith. Um, that's not the case. It's not what the New Testament says. It's not what non-Calvinists are saying. It is a unintentional as it may be. It is a straw man that the Calvinist is setting up and tearing down. 
And quite frankly, it really is um, ad hominem in the sense that what Piper's trying to do is say, you're either saying you're earning your own faith or I'm right. That's attributing too much to our side of things, trying to say that we think we're earning our salvation or something like that, or that our position um, is saying that we are earning our salvation. We don't believe that. We've never taught it. Faith is not meritorious. Faith is different than works, as the New Testament explicitly states. And there's nothing inherent in faith that necessitates God save us. The only reason faith is the condition of salvation is because God, in his free choice, chose to set it up that way. That's what we believe. But even still, I'll answer Piper's question, why did I believe and my friends didn't? If Jesus asked me why I believed in him, my answer would be the same reason I believe anything. The evidence. Evidence and reason is what warrants belief. Belief is not this strange mystical thing. Okay, belief is assenting to the truth value of something, and then the biblical definition of faith would be then that you actually live as it, you actually live out, or your works actually represent what you actually believe. If you say you have faith but you don't have works, well, then you don't really actually believe it. But it is an intellectual assent to the truth value of a proposition. The truth value of Christianity is that Jesus rose from the dead. That is our faith. That is what everything hinges upon. Of course, there are more propositions that fall underneath that, that go along with Orthodox Christianity, which are by all means necessary to defend, but it really comes down to, did Jesus rise from the dead? Paul himself said as much. And if you believe, yes, if you believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, and then you confess it with your tongue, uh, you shall be saved. That is what the scriptures put forward. That's what I believe. So if Jesus were to ask me, why did you believe? I'd say the same reason your disciples believe. I've seen the evidence, and I believe. They saw his miracles. They saw what he did. They, ex they experienced him in the flesh, and they couldn't deny it. Now, they could have denied it, but it was right before their eyes. The evidence was overwhelming. I believe that the evidence for the resurrection is overwhelming. I believe God exists. Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible is God's word because of the evidence. That's what warrants my faith. And if my friends deny those things, then in some sense, I suppose Piper's correct. He, as well as me and every other believer, are more wise because it is foolish, it is foolish to reject the free offer of God for salvation. If you reject that, you are foolish, and in some sense, if you accept it, you're definitely at least more wise than that person, and I don't see any problem with that whatsoever because it is not my wisdom. It is the gospel itself. All I'm doing is saying it's true. I believe it. It did happen. He did rise from the dead. He did pay the penalty for my sins, and I believe it, and I am pledging allegiance to him. That's what faith means. I am uh, pledging allegiance to him, and I'm going to uh, live for him, and I belong to him. That's what I'm saying. That's what we believe. Um, and so next week we'll get to uh, Piper's actual biblical defense of the uh, doctrine of irresistible grace, but I thought it would be useful since these hypotheticals are often put forward and they seem to trap us or whatever. Um, and so I wanted to peel back the layers and show that it's based on false assumptions and dichotomies. I hope it was helpful. If you enjoyed it, uh, be sure to like us, subscribe. Um, if you want to watch the bonus segment, be sure to head on over to our Patreon uh, page and become a supporter of the show and the ministry we do here. Um, you can follow the link in the description. Thanks so much for joining us, guys, and we'll see you next time.